0: I'm old enough to remember a time when there were not as many distractions in the family life as there are now. So, I remember growing up in the 80s and, you know, you had a house phone and, um, you know, if it rang during dinner (laughs) it was like everybody gave like a collective look around like this must be an emergency because everybody knows that you don't call during these certain hours which would be considered dinner time we also generally if you had a tv you probably had one that the entire family shared and there were if you were lucky enough to have cable there were a handful of channels you watched. Now there were always those kids you knew that got to have Disney and watch the Mickey Mouse Club and you didn't get to. (laughs) But you had very limited amount of TV shows and they weren't on and then the next one on and then, right, you couldn't binge. It was Saturday morning, you had cartoons for a couple hours and then boom, the news was on and you were done. There were not cell phones, You know, when I was maybe in middle school is when kind of computers, maybe elementary school, but it was, you know, it took 17 hours uh, to get to play that Wheel of Fortune game um, or the little helicopter game, (laughs) you know, very, very limited. It didn't hold your interest because of all the reasons I've just said. You typically were home for dinner. Parents were home for dinner. There weren't. Uh, computers, laptops, so work wasn't being brought home as often. At least in my home, right? That's not something I I saw uh, regularly. Um, and that obviously over time, over time, over time, the older I got, right, became more and more. And you start to see. So even in my you know decade as a therapist, um, I have seen how even in that amount of time. Uh, the distractions increase. So we don't just have sometimes one smartphone. We might have three. I had a uh, dinner with a couple of therapists the other day and someone pulled out like three phones. <laughs> like, oh my god. Like that just stresses me out. Uh we have watches now that um you know, buzz. So you have a physical reaction because you're getting buzzed and you're getting a uh, a text message a phone call a reminder an update and so you might be in the middle of a conversation and you get a buzz and it instinctually that's you're gonna look right so we are just not as focused uh my mother-in-law has one and she was here uh and she's here right now but she was here in february and she was snorkeling and while she was out snorkeling, she got a text from her brother-in-law that she came in and told us, we're like, "That oh. <laughs> ah, you're supposed to be enjoying the snorkel experience, right? So these distractions have made it so being present is extremely uncomfortable for people, right? Now the distractions start becoming how we cope, We're staying so busy um, or if we have trauma, oh great, now we have so many distractions that we don't have to sit with our feelings. I can just get on Instagram and literally spend an entire day looking at other people's lives, watching videos that make me laugh, mindlessly scrolling so I don't have to focus on my own life and the things that I need to do or... Uh, things I'm avoiding conversations. I might not be wanting to have my own trauma. I might not be wanting to face. So the distractions are harmful on, on a kind of a, quite a few levels, right? Like they are making it. So we are disconnecting from one another so much more frequently. I mean, let's be honest, how many times have you kind of looked around and been like, oh my God, every single person on the, in this house is on some sort of device, connected, immersed, engaged with that device, and not connecting with one another. So in the Gottman method of couples therapy, one of the kind of tools we talk about uh, is what we call rituals of connection right how what are we creating with each other uh that are, are moments of connection what habits are we create creating that are moments of connection right do we have our coffee in the morning um do we have date night every thursday do we sit down um every night to have a stress reducing conversation for 15 to 30 minutes when we don't have as many distractions, we increase our our opportunities to connect with one another. When we are distracted and then therefore, basically we are creating, like actively creating rituals of disconnection because if the habit becomes I come home, I get on my phone and I scroll, that now is my ritual. And my ritual involves disconnecting from the other people in my home. So you really need to think about that. If I am not actively creating rituals of connection, I'm likely creating rituals of disconnection. So pay attention. How disconnected are you from your partner? And what role do the devices, the distractions play? Now, we can blame everything on technology, computers, you know, the cell phone, the, the tablet, all of that. There are other distractions that we need to be aware of as well. And those are, um, obviously work (laughs) and work stress, but also children. We often will use our children as a distraction instead of focusing on and doing something for the relationship, because it's always a good excuse. It's all, there's always a valid reason. We can always be seen as kind of a martyr in that. Well, I'm going to, you know, do this thing for our kid which then means I don't have the time for my partner. So how many sports are they in? How many activities are they doing? How frequently are you driving them around town to different events? And are you ever willing to take away some of that in order to do self-care or relationship care? Because then the distraction, again, is kind of a coping to disconnect. Whether it is, I am really, I've been upset with my partner. I don't know how to talk to them about it. So distraction is a great way to go. We often learn distraction from an early age. So I've... I will repeatedly say how much I dislike uh, video games and how much I have a hard time understanding uh, grown people playing video games, um, especially when they have other things to do and then the relationship is struggling. However, I, what I have learned from some couples that I have worked with is that that coping strategy started off really young in childhood. So, having a home that might have been chaotic or conflict filled or you know you yourself were a target of verbal or physical abuse sexual sexual abuse any and all of those you know i have i've heard from people well i just would go to my video game because then i could just right i'm there i can immerse myself hours can go by and i don't have to live in the in this world and so it becomes a very natural and, um, and, and you become unaware that you're actually using it as a coping device or coping strategy because it's what you've done. You start to feel something and we distract. If you've ever watched the really amazing TED Talk by Brene Brown where she speaks on this topic of how as a society we are so numbed out So that could be drugs, alcohol, food, working out distractions. We numb out and we add the the amount of distractions we can. I've worked with couples where I am sometimes they they are struggling and then they'll still decide to do a massive remodel or right. Like go through a major, I like they do something. That is just going to add a huge another huge distraction onto the already huge pile of distractions. So the, the the relationship doesn't get the attention. Usually because of fear. I don't want to have to talk about the things that are hard. Because if we start to, we're gonna open up Pandora's box and then maybe we get divorced. And then we're just not living in our truth. And the only reason we're surviving is based on these distractions. So we just kind of keep that loop going that we just kind of keep, we need them, right? I need to, I need to zone out. I need to watch mindless TV. And it's a lot of rituals, habits that you add to your life. And I just want you to think about why am I adding them? How can I start to remove them? Because if I remove them, A, I can be more aware attuned to what's going on with my partner, to actually how I am feeling when I am feeling it so I can talk about that and not bring up issues with a tone or criticism because I'm unaware, right, from our last podcast. You know, most people are, you know, really easy to say, yeah, I know we all, (laughs) we are all addicted to our phones. But very much I get the, well, you're just as bad, or you're just as bad as, well, you're on your phone, well, you're on. So I I want you to own it yourself. You know, if you want to remove these these distractions and see what results can come from it, then I encourage you to focus on you, do what you need to do, and, and see what happens with your partner but I don't want anyone ever to be, well, I'll do it if you do it because that is the quickest way to nothing happening. (laughs) So do it because you want to do it, right? Remove these distractions to see, am I becoming more aware of my feelings? Is that hard? Do I need to seek out support for that? Right? So much of what I want you to do when listening to this podcast is first listen to it, right? Hear it. And then kind of sit and be, and and really pay attention to your world, right? So that you can become aware, like, oh, that is actually happening for me. And then start to create, you know, different habits to help with that, right? I've talked about meditation. Do I need to start to meditate so that I can become more comfortable with silence so that I can, Um, start to deal with my anxiety? Do I need to go to a therapist to deal with my trauma? My goal is for you to take a sec, take inventory. What do I need to do? How can I make this better? Where can I remove distractions so that I can actively create rituals of connection? Okay, good luck.